Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. Today we're going to be talking about a type of empath that's kind of new to this field, I believe. It's called the Hayoka empath. At least it's new to me. Is it new to you, Denise? It is. It is new to me. But it's a very interesting topic. Yeah, it is. And I think it's good as as empaths for us to understand the different types that are out there. I mean, on this show, we've covered animal empaths and healer empaths and medical empaths and all sorts of different types. And this is a fairly new one. A Hayoka empath is a term used to describe someone who mirrors or reflects the emotions of others. So they tend to reflect the opposite emotion back to the person they're dealing with to be a teacher or helper for them. Like, let's say, for example, if someone is being really angry and rude, a Hayoka empath may be very soft-spoken and patient around this person to hold up a mirror and demonstrate for them that a calm, steady approach is the best answer. Or if a Hayoka empath is around someone who needs to learn humility, they might act quite hostile or even rude to hold up a mirror for this individual, showing them what their behavior actually looks like. Now, one of the things, and we had chatted about this, is that it's not to get trapped into a label and say, oh, is that me? Am I a Hayoka? Am I a physical? Am I this? I think just remembering that we're all empaths is really important right now, because as this field opens up and people become more cognizant and aware of, of different terminology or different things, not to limit ourselves with a specific label is really, really important. We may have tendencies for some of these. We may recognize them in someone else. And I think I agree with you 100%. It's so important to be open to knowing because knowledge, I mean, we're both geeks. We both love to research and read and know as much as we can about different topics, but not at the expense of of being uh, jammed in the middle seat of the airplane with a, a label or a distinction. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you mentioned that because some of these labels just feel almost contrived in a way. And I did a lot of digging around. I couldn't find the root of this label, like who created it, who termed it. You know, when we were doing the dark empath, I could find the roots of that. It went back to that research study done in the UK. Whereas with this one, I couldn't find like who started it. And that makes me curious. Right. And the, there is a, a reference to um, different indigenous peoples that it, it means sacred clown or fool. And it's about using humor to open people up or in Tibetan Buddhism, it would be referred to as someone who has the attributes of crazy wisdom and, you know, a, a, a term that would, might be controversial, but it can lead to a path to self-discovery that other people might seem, see as a little abnormal or even irrational. So and it goes back to that labeling and when we're tapping into the energies of being an empath. And if you do have some of the things we're going to talk about today, my own personal aside, does it really matter fully the, the lineage of it as long as we're not trying to appropriate it from a specific culture? Mm, very, very, very well said. Good point. I think when I was reading about the Hayoka empath, some of it sounded really great and amazing, and some of it sounded really difficult to be a Hayoka. Because if they're mirroring people's emotions, it, from what I researched, they are subconsciously tapping into people's shadow side in a way. 
and then mirroring them back to them so that the other person can say, oh, I don't like the way that looks. And so I think it would be hard for the Hayoka empath because you might often wonder, why do I feel angry and hostile around this person or super calm and patient around that individual? And as with all we do about uh, you know, different definitions of things, it depends on where you read and who you, like some of the articles that I read and some of the, it wasn't even research, it was more articles and opinion were, were more about, oh, em, Hayoka empaths use humor to uplift and it was very positive attributes, whereas the others were more, uh, a bit more controversial or they, they gave more specifics that were a bit more adversarial. So I, I think that that's, that's interesting if you do your own reading on this to go with what feels right and true to you, but also look at this with an open mind. Yeah, well, I, I get the sense that, yes, they do use humor, but they also use truth. Mm -hmm. I feel like you could call a Hayoka empath a, tr a truth seeker, and they're kind of the ones who will call out the elephant in the room. You know, they're not going to tiptoe around a difficult subject. They're going to call it right out. And a lot of this also reminded me of Carl Jung's shadow work stuff, you know, where a Hayoka can, from what I researched, they can intuitively sense your fears, your insecurities, and can kind of heighten or highlight those so that you can start to heal them and recognize them. And I think that would be a difficult path to walk. I agree. It's also, if you're, if you're going to use humor to uplift and, and heal and in, invigorate other people, doesn't that kind of mirror what we've talked about for forever is it's all about raising the vibration. It's about finding like-minded people, about, about empowering other people to step up. And I feel like this was a prevalent theme in, in this Hayoka definition is that using that humor to help shift depression or bad moods or be the funny and, and strive to uplift others. But the, the caveat being, Hayokas may simply intuitively know when a friend or someone they're with needs that mood boost and will will bring humor into it to uplift and can, but they're on a level tapping into that person's energy and they want to help guide them towards something that's more fulfilling and uplifting. Yeah, yeah. And I think Hayokas know when to use humor and when not to. Because if you ever been around someone who's in just a really depressed or bad state of mind, the last thing they need sometimes is humor because first I think they need mm -hmm. to be listened to and validated and then they can start to work on shifting that energy. But sometimes just shifting that sad or angry mood through humor is just another mask. Whereas I feel like the Hayoka can see through all of the masks many people tend to wear and they'll intuitively know when to use humor, when to use patience or silence, which I think is a great gift. I do believe that, as with anything, that there could be a sacred connection with this Hayoka empath energy if it's being directed to heal and uplift. And it goes back to that duality of some people, oh, I'm an empath, I feel things too much, sorry, I can't do that, versus I'm an empath, how can I use this to to navigate the world and help other people feel more, more comfortable in the world. So I, I, I really, that double-edged sword of, of the labeling, I keep going back to that, but I think it's important um, because another thing, another attribute for Hayoka empaths that was 
brought up was it's not that they just feel the emotions of others, but they might help solve their problems or give them solutions as well. So as all of us as empaths can walk into a room and generally sense the emotions of the other people there. But a Hayoka might also be able to be a problem solver and help that person see what they need to, to get out of a situation or see an alternative or may offer guidance in a way that is uh, twisting the paradigm a bit for the person that they're talking to. So it, you're right. Sometimes someone just needs a friendly ear and sometimes they might need a solution that they're having a hard time to and a Hayoka empath may come in and help them see that solution in a way that they didn't before. Right. Well, they, they tend to have really quick intellects, but also an overactive thinking mind. So they do tend to talk a lot, which we don't really think about empaths being super big talkers. However, many Hayoka empaths are, and often they get so excited in a conversation that they'll just interrupt because they can just cut through all the BS and see what you really need to solve your problem. And they'll get so excited that they'll just kind of cut you off and interject with their solution. But because of this tendency combined with their ability to mirror emotions, others can sometimes find the Hayoka empath a bit rude and abrupt. This is mainly because of their overactive mind. They also have a hard time sleeping. So either they'll wake in the middle of the night or they'll have a difficult time falling asleep or they'll just be night owls because they're, they're always going, going, going in their minds. They yes. also have um, an excellent ability to sense a person's authenticity, which all empaths can do. They also have that built-in lie detector we've talked about with, with empaths. They can tell intuitively if a person has a good character or not. And I think that's a great skill to have. I agree. I agree. And if we want to go jump back to the, uh, the base roots of all of this, if you think about it, all the cultures, all the indigenous, all of the uh, stories right back to mythology always have a jokester, a trickster, a, a class clown type of energy in, in the stories. And I think that the Hayoka energy is kind of tapping into that. There's a similarity with, with the description of a Hayoka and that, because I think one of the goals or one of the defining features for someone that truly is a Hayoka is that they're able to see that line between dark and light and ups and downs and recognize that we're all a mixture of, of our experiences and personalities, but that, they, they're see, using this humor to kind of deflate people's ego and, and make light of situations so that they can't take themselves too seriously. Mm, so true. You know, I read an article on the caringcatalyst.com about Hyokas, and the author said, at our worst, Hyokas are shadows of themselves. At their best, they are shadows of others. Oh, that's good. Isn't that interesting? So when when Hayoka empaths are feeling down or not really working on strong boundaries, they are their shadow side. And even at their best, they're reflecting the shadow of others. So again, even though I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm a Hayoka and isn't that cool and wonderful? I don't know. I feel like this is a complicated mm -hmm. label. And you know, I had read an article on Elephant Journal 
about the crazy wisdom of a Hayoka empath. And one of the things that was said in this article was that uh, people may identify as a Hayoka empath due to noticing that other people often feel flustered, upset, intimidated, or irritable when in their presence. Equally, having this enhanced intuition gives the Hayoka the ability to read and affect other people's emotional states, which often causes people to back away or avoid them. So there's that side of this energy, but equally on the other end of the scale, there are people who are coming from a place of sincerity, authenticity, and are open to this this Hayoka's healing energy and may feel more at ease, peaceful, and relaxed and loved while in their company. So again, that duality, but it's that, but they would be vibrating at that same frequency and resonating with that energy the Hayoka is, is putting out there. It, it went on to say that Hayokas are often unpredictable, unconventional. They don't adhere to society's expectations or abide by the rules. They may not uphold cultural conditioning or follow the masses. Some people see them as loose cannons or aren't afraid to ask the taboo questions. So we don't usually equate those, those characteristics with someone who's empathic. That's so true. You know, I have a friend who I think could be a Hayoka empath. And whenever we'd be like in faculty meetings, the department chair would say to this person, you're kind of a diamond in the rough, aren't you? You know, like you just kind of say whatever pops into your head. And uh, the other people in the department would often say to this individual, when you look at me, I feel like you can stare right into my soul. And so she kind of freaked other people out because she was intense at times and, and then super light and jovial at other times, you know, in those meetings where heavy stuff's being thrown at you, like we need to do this and we need a committee for that. And she would just kind of like toss in a joke and we'd all pause to look at her like, wait, what? And so I think it it can be very, very interesting to be around a Hayoka because they are brutally honest and people who aren't ready for the Hayoka's intense energy, I think they can sense that and they can feel their ability to tune into their truth. And sometimes people will block the Hayoka or push them away. Mm-hmm. They often, because of that truth, because of that authenticity, it will give them a, almost a natural skill to help bring out revelations or opportunities for other people to really look deeper and at their personal inner stuff with maybe some chaos, but also some humor. So, you know, it's one of the things that comes up a lot is are these spiritual teachers who roll, you know, they ruffle people up a little bit, but is that the catalyst people need to say, oh, this is my stuff and this is what I need to do to move forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are times where you need that gentle, nurturing person in your life. And I think there are times when you need someone to just cut through all that nonsense or excuses or whatever walls that you're throwing up and can get to the heart of what you need to hear. And I think the Hayoka does that. They're here to ask the tough questions, to ruffle feathers, to challenge the status quo. They are never the person to shrug and say, well, this is how it's always been done. So I'm just going to keep on keeping on. They are constantly asking why and seeking answers and seeking truth. There's a freedom in this 
in these definitions of, you know, being a loose cannon, I'm just going to say what's on my mind. I'm going to use humor and joke around. I mean, if you're coming from that, that perspective of being a Hayuka, but it would also being misunderstood as an empath because you were presenting in that definition feels like it would really be hard emotionally to get the reactions from certain people. Yeah, I think so too. I I do too. And I think as all empaths, we do have that ability to sense the truth of a situation. And I know for me, it's hard when I'm around people who either can't see the truth of a situation or aren't willing to. So I can imagine with the heightened energy of a Hayoka, that would be intensified. Right. As with all empaths, valuing alone time, thrive when they're away from crowds. Uh, Crowds may drain their energy as much as any other type of empath. But I think that's why out of all the empathic types, Hayokas often prefer being in their own company more so than being around other people, even though they do have that jovial, uplifting side, because that alone time gives them the space to decompress from all that negativity or that that seems like it would take a lot of energy to always be presenting that way, to always be, you know, putting that much energy out because you and I both know being as being empaths, it it's hard sometimes to just keep up that level of interaction with people. Yes, for sure. And I think for the Hayoka who's seen as someone who's charming and witty and engaging it can be even doubly harder because people don't expect them to need alone time. Whereas more of a quiet empath, they'd be like, well, yeah, that's, that's who she is. Right. You know, they do have a really strong clairsentient ability. And so Hayokas need to learn to really trust their gut and their instincts. They can often intuit if there is like a block in your energy, they can sense if there's something going wrong with you. And so if you're worried about something, your Hayoka friend might just randomly text you out of the blue, is everything okay? Because they can sense or feel your worried energy. Some people even say they have telepathic abilities. So friends and family tend to learn through the years to listen to the Hayoka empath and trust their first impressions. Now, they're not followers of the pack. They will walk their own path and forge their own way even if it goes against what's expected of them and what others are telling them. They tend to be very independent and forward-thinking. One of the, and I don't have the, the reference for where I got this from, but I have the notes in front of me, and there were some different tendencies, which I thought were interesting because of my background. The first one, it said a lot of Hayokas will be dyslexic and may have had trouble learning to read or interpret words or letters or other symbols and they learn better through hands-on. And they were saying those that can often be definitive of a Hayoka empath. And it may not, it's not about a level of intelligence. We both know that, but it could be that you might feel dumb at times or, or daydream too much. And, you know, it, it's almost like your heart and your mind are functioning independently if you're this type of an empath. They also said that they may do things backwards. So if you find yourself reading or eating differently or in an unconventional manner, and this is the stuff that gets in my head, the logical part of my brain, 
because one thing brought up in this article was it said some Hayoka empaths are even born breached. They entered the world backwards. And I think that would be, you're doing some pretty level. Oh, were you a breach birth? I don't know. Were you? I must be a Hayoka. Uh, so the, <laughs> sorry, being left-handed could be a sign of being a Hayoka empath because it's not as common. It's not necessarily a sign, but it seems to be more common for Hayoka empaths to be left-handed. And as all empaths, processing things in a different pattern and thinking outside of the box. Uh, so I think looking at those physical signs is interesting. You're right. You can't take one of those and say, oh, I'm a Hayoka because I'm dyslexic or because I was mm-hmm. born breech or left-handed. But I think if you take all of it together, you might be able to recognize yourself. I also read that they tend to look younger than their peers and tend right. to re- retain this youthful quality throughout their life. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. And now some people that I researched said this is because they are closer to the light of universal love, that they they call in that energy more directly than than the average person. But again, I, I'm so hesitant to to do that, Denise, you know, to be like, oh, you're special. Mm-hmm. You're closer to this, you know. I think we all have access to to the light of love. But I think what they're saying is because they're so in tuned. They have this higher vibration, which makes them feel and look more youthful. And maybe that ties in with helping people see that light within themselves by being the truth teller, by being the jester, by being the, like they're, they're bringing the energy to allow people to say, oh, I want to, I want to do that too. I want to, because I, I think everything we talk about is all moving in the direction of becoming more unified as human beings on the planet. And if a Hayoka is lighting that torch for someone else through their honesty or their being less conventional or their humor or whatever it might be, I agree with you. We all have access to that level of vibration. And maybe these people who choose to come in as Hayokas are uh, lighting the way for some others. Yeah, I agree because it, they say that they tend to be old souls and others tend to sense this on an unconscious level and will seek their help on many different issues. So Hayoka empaths make really good counselors, listeners, healers, and friends. They'll have random strangers ask them for advice. They also tend to be very creative and will use this as a healthy outlet, but also as a way of expressing themselves and communicating a message of hope and healing. So it does sound to me like Hayoka empaths need to be almost more vigilant than most on protecting their boundaries. Because if other people can sense that they have this this truth seeker energy within them and this ability to think outside of the box and present solutions to problems, you're going to have people coming at you all the time. And that can be incredibly draining. And, And if you are able to help people shift their mindset, from maybe being a little stuck or restrictive or fixed that this is the only way I can get to where I'm going or I can't see the solution. If you're able to help people look at something with new curiosity or a new possibility or a different angle, what a beautiful gift to give someone. Oh, I agree. I agree. I just think sometimes it can be difficult to know when to express your hayoka ness and when not. You know, like sometimes... 
do you ever feel like you have some aspects of this where you can just get to the heart of a situation really quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes like, I'll just say things like a friend of mine was telling me how, you know, she's got all this stuff going on in her life and she needs to address it and she doesn't really want to. And then we drifted, you know, throughout the course of lunch into a different topic. And I was saying how I, I lost a piece of paper I needed and I couldn't find it. And I've got to get home and, you know, find it and clean my house. And she said, well, the way I clean is I just stick everything in a drawer and forget about it. And I said, oh, I think that's a metaphor for the problem you were talking about earlier on. I think you're just stuffing all your emotions in drawers and you need to pull them out. And she was like, oh, but I could tell it wasn't really the right time for her to (laughs) (laughs) just really grasp that metaphor. And I was like, oh, I need to take that back. And so I wonder if that's a Hayoka thing. Uh, I, I didn't really resonate with a lot of being a Hayoka, but I just... I thought of that and thought, oh, I, I do do that a lot. Like I, I will call BS on stuff very, very easily. And I I do not like it when people are just superficial and light and fluffy and, and they won't they won't look at their shadow. They won't look at my shadow. They don't want to go into those areas. I, I can't be around people like that. I, I need authentic people who are not afraid to admit their failings or even to admit mine. I think that's important for true friendship. And even though a lot of what we've been talking about is saying there's there can be a bluntness for someone who may be a Hayoka empath, I still have to go to the default of if you're an empath, you're still going to be, there will be some level of, of compassion and empathy that you're trying to help other people. That yes. I don't think there's a cruelty with this. I don't no. think that there's a... It doesn't feel self-serving in any way. It feels like truly their mission is to help with this inherent ability to kind of read other people. Yeah. And I think even their tendency to interrupt is rooted in a place of help because they're so excited to offer a help, to offer solution, to offer a new way of looking at it that they just jump right in. There was a, a quote from A Modern Tale of Enlightenment and it said, and we had mentioned earlier that in Buddhism, that it was considered crazy wisdom. And, and the quote was, crazy wisdom practitioners have always inhabited the fringes of society outside the normal framework of what is perceived to be normal or acceptable. Despite the disapproval of monastic institution, they were especially loved and revered by ordinary Tibetans for their wild and unpredictable ways. And I think that kind of sums up the energy of the Hayoka. They're, they're wired a little differently but they're coming from a place of, of heart. And I think it's a difficult path. I really feel that anyone who is on this awakened path, whether you're an empath, an intuitive, a Hayoka, all of the above, I, I think learning to recognize that in many ways we are on the fringe, I, I think that can be some sometimes the hardest part of the journey. What I do love about this is that we are trying to bring together as many like-minded people as possible to realize we're all okay. We're, we're navigating the world the best we can and we're finding each other and saying, are you okay? Yep, I'm okay. How about you? And I think we can talk about hayukas and dark empaths and tendencies and all of those things, but it always, always leads back to watching out for each other. Yeah, exactly. Having each other's backs and supporting and listening and holding space for each other. Mm-hmm. 
and recognizing that we are all here, whether you're an empath or not, we're all here to lift and raise the vibration of the planet. And however we choose to do that is okay. And I think we all need to recognize and accept that. And if you feel like you're on the fringe, well, you got a lot of company on the fringe. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end of the day, Denise, what is normal? You know, what does it even mean to, to be normal? I don't even know. And I don't even know if that's a goal we should even strive for. You know, I've said before in this show how so many years of my life I was trying to fit in until I thought, oh, think about that phrase, Samantha, to fit in, mm-hmm. squishing yourself into a box. Who wants that? I like it on the fringe. I'm perfectly fine there. <laughs> I agree. So if you recognize yourself as a Hayoka empath, let us know. Or if you've met one, we'd love to hear what you guys think. We hope you found this informative and enjoyable and welcoming. Because as Denise said, we just want this to be a community where everyone feels welcomed and understood, heard, and accepted. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please remember to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.